0: You are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. I to you this morning about spiritual kinks. Kinks. And I want to take you to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. And I want to read the word first. And then I want to talk to you about your spiritual kinks. And it says here in verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Did he say right away? No. Did he put a, a time and date on that? Nope. He just say in due time. That's all he's saying. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Someone. He's going to get somebody because that's his job. That's what he likes to do. That's, what, that's how he's been employed, to do something that devours somebody. Resist him... Standing firm in the truth and faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while how long? How long? It won't be forever. It seems like it, doesn't it? But remember this. A day is as a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. I'm like Uchi, wah wah, what next? Right? But he's he's saying, in a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Those are promises to you today. If you get nothing else, get verse 10. He's gonna restore us. He's going to make us strong, he's going to make us firm, and he's going to make us steadfast. Are you you with me? Yeah, some of you need some coffee. Okay. Steadfast. To him, be power, the power. Not just power, not R-G-N-H. We're not talking about that power. It's saying the power. Oh, is that right? yeah, Yeah, well, either, whatever power. RG&E, thank you very much. You can tell I pay my bills, don't you? <laughs> Amazing. I love that. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's the last word. Amen. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Do you want to preach today? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, as you see, I I brought my hose today. And there's a story to this hose, as many times I have stories. And um, Greta, don't worry, I'm going to be fine. I can tell her. (laughs) So Greta, uh, a few years ago, a few summers ago or Christmases ago, she bought me a pressure washer. That's a dangerous toy for me to have. (laughs) So uh, uh, the first one she bought me, it was an electric one. And I went throughout the house and I had to plug it into every wall and it still wouldn't work. So I told Patrick he can have that one. (laughs) Then she bought me a gas one. I really love the gas one, it's mega huge. And it can act, when you start the sucker, you fly into the air. I mean, that's how much power it has. It's so much fun. And so, um, so here we are. I've never used it before, this brand-new pressure washer. And so I, I, I'm hooking everything up, and I'm uh, uh, putting all the, you know, the suds in it and the soap in it and getting it all ready because I have to clean the patio because we're having guests over in a few days. And then we're, not now, I don't have to clean it right now, And You looked, yeah, yeah, we were talking a few years ago. So, um, so then, uh, so I put this, all the soap in it, and I get it all geared up, and you're supposed to use certain nozzles. Always remember that, okay? Because when you don't, it gets very dangerous. And so I thought I had the right nozzle on, and I didn't. <laughs> And so um, I go to, I crank it up, and the machine starts humming, and I'm like, yes, this mud works! And then, I, uh, and then I went, and there was no water. I'm like, are you kidding me? I read all the instructions. I went, and I, t- I made sure I turned the hose on before, because you can't use a pressure washer unless you turn your hose on first. So I thought, I know I did that right. So I had already done that. I'm like, what is up now? I want to get this all done, so I traveled the hose from the uh, the patio all the way to the back of the house, and there was a kink in it. Mm-hmm. not only one, there was a few kinks, and so I felt like I had some spiritual kinks that day, but anyway i I, I, I kind of picked up the hose and it was a, hole that, a hose that actually often would kink anytime you actually pulled it out, it would kink, and you'd have to go. But I never thought to check that out. And so I went and unhooked all the kinks and shook this free. And um, then I went uh, to the power washer, and the water was flowing. I mean, it was, I pressed that thing, and I didn't know, you know, how strong it was. And all of a sudden, all this mud goes all up Greta's clean windows. Oh, yeah, she had just cleaned all the windows out. I'm like, oh, no, I'm in big trouble. So then I thought, well, I'll just take the power washer and I'll clean all the windows. <laughs> yeah, but I forgot there was soap in it. You know what I mean? So I always get myself into these little circumstances. So then I thought, I'm going to take care of that later. So then I start on the patio and The patio is filled with moss, right? Moss. It hadn't been cleaned in years. And I take that sucker. And then all the mud goes up the windows again. All the mud goes. Now, not just the windows. All the side of the whole house is filled with mud. Caked with, I'm like, this is no longer fun. So I thought, well, I'll just take it and I'll, so I just start going like this. Don't do that because you should actually direct it properly because it starts going through doors and you know, things start to leak if you do it that way. And, and so things were leaking, windows were muddy, walls were muddy, and then I started to do the patio and I was head to toe with mud. So then I said, well, let's start on the furniture. After I got the patio done, I said, I got, I got a grip on this. So I stopped the machine. I go and put all the furn- I thought, let's get the furniture as far away from the house as possible. Because I know I was dangerous, right? And, but I wasn't clearly thinking because I put it by the gardens and all the gardens were just remulched. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so then I got, had all the chairs up by this garden. I'm, and I'm just thinking, I'm going to clean the chairs. All the mulch starts flying so now I'm going to have to re-mulch, re and now the furniture is now decorated with wood. And I just thought, why not leave it, let it dry, and I have new wooden furniture. I mean, come on. <laughs> and so I, I, had, and I had all the... So I put the furniture, some of it in the back, and all the furniture, the light furniture, started, like, bouncing. Yeah, because yeah? you have to hold it. You can't just start... Pressure washing, you have to actually... So now I'm chasing furniture in the backyard. I'm like, they, they, they don't explain this in the direction. The directions were some foreign language to me. I just had to follow pictures, and they had no pictures of running furniture, you know? But sometimes we have spiritual kinks in our lives. And 1 Peter 5 reveals how God provides the spiritual power. He is the pressure machine. He's the water pressure machine. And, um, and he will clean up our lives. And he wants us to get rid of all these spiritual kings. I'm going to put this down here so I don't flip. There it goes. I know. I'm, I know I will. And so uh, we want God to come and help us overcome. What are those spiritual kings? What are they? What are we talking about, spiritual kings? Well, as you read these uh, five verses, you see some very specific spiritual kings. And that's testing. Testing is a spiritual king. Temptations, discouragement is a spiritual king. The unwelcomed attack of the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, that is a kink. The malicious accusations of the enemy, that is a spiritual kink. And then, just the discouragement in the mind and the heart and the soul of the spirit due to life itself and the hardships of life that everyone in the whole world goes through because the enemy is not a respecter of any person, place in this world. It's just who he is. And God longs for his Holy Spirit's power to flow in and through and out of us so that we can change the spiritual atmosphere of others and the places he takes us and our own personal lives. He wants us to overcome the spiritual obstacles within our lives. Those spiritual kinks that we did not invite into our lives. We may rev up. We could be all revved up spiritually, just like I was revved up to start that machine. And I knew that I tried another machine, and that machine did not work. It had no power. It didn't have any flow, no nope water pressure, so I knew I couldn't use it. And I got the right machine to do the right job. And God is saying, I'm the right God. I'm the only God. And I'm the only God who you want to have power from and with and be in alignment to move in that power to transform the obstacle and take out the spiritual kinks in your life. I'm here to do that. And he's asking us to participate with him this morning. He's saying, get rid of your spiritual kinks in 2023. I thought you liked that. I liked it too. I thought it was a cool idea. But it's not just an idea. It's something we need to do. And I want to give you this morning five attitudes quickly that will help you get rid of your spiritual qu- Kings And I see the first attitude in verse 6, and that's humility. Peter is challenging believers to devoid of all arrogance and self-exaltation. Any pride, any arrogance, any haughtiness is not of God. If you have to interact with somebody and they excuse their pride, their haughtiness, their rebelliousness, it is not of God. It is of the enemy. Can I tell you that? And we don't like to, well, they, we just need to be patient. Are you kidding me? That is destructive. More lives are destroyed because the enemy has deceived through pride, arrogance, and haughtiness. To be humble-minded and to live with this attitude of unselfish concern for the welfare of others. Our co- one commentary said that humility begins with submission to Christ's leadership in our lives, Humility requires gentleness, sensitivity, and the responsibility to other people's brokenness and victory. I was like, ooh. Because there'll be people who are in a better place than you. And guess what? There'll be a day that you're in a better place than them. But we don't just flaunt it. We don't brag about it. We don't kind of wear it and let everybody... Believe that we're better than anybody else. I've struggled with that a lot in my life. And God has taken me down many pegs to teach me some very difficult lessons that I was no better than anybody else, that I was no more talent than anybody else, that my skill set wasn't above anybody else, that my calling was not greater than anybody else. Though I had great skill, great talent, and great calling on my life, I was called to be one who served others. And the minute I cross over to thinking that I'm the one who needs to benefit is the moment that I'm moving in haughtiness, pride, and arrogance. When we think we're entitled because we have a title, we are dangerous people. Titles only mean you went to school to earn a title or you were given that title in your job because God gave you the skill set, the talent and the call. He is the one who actually gives the call and sustains the call on our lives. Amen. So Peter, he understands that. It's like this apron. When you look at the word humility, it actually, if you look in the Greek, it talks about putting something on. This is Greta's father's apron from years and years ago. Isn't that amazing? Hun, did you actually do the the work on it? Okay, and it talks about when you're putting something on, you have to, and you're about to cover yourself. Humility covers you and protects you. When you choose it, 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 it's saying like, it's like putting on an apron. And actually, in the biblical times, the slaves would put on aprons and work in the households so that they would not damage probably the only set of clothes they earned had. And so it says, put a knot or just tie it in a bow. I chose to tie it in a bow because I want this thing off quickly. Okay? And so, but you know what? I remember when we were just barbecuing and Greta had bought me this really nice shirt. It was a really nice shirt. And, and, and I thought, well, I don't, need, I don't need an apron. I don't, I don't like aprons. And so, So I thought, well, I'll go out and I'll just, well, what do you know? Hamburgers, grease is splitting. I have a beautiful brand new shirt, little spots. And those spots didn't come with it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Why? Because I was too prideful and arrogant to change and put something over to cover me up. God is asking us, To put on humility. It says that in verse 5. If you go to verse 5, it talks about that. And it encourages us in verse 5 that all of you. Oh, oh. All of you. All of you clothe yourself with humility. That's the picture he's talking about. Put something. Put Christ on. Put on peace. Put on gentleness. Put on Loving and caring of others. Make that decision to have a humble attitude. God's inviting us to clothe ourselves with humility and put this gentleness and this sensitivity and be responsible to others who are actually enjoying victory or are living in brokenness. He's he's counting on us. He's saying, get rid of your spiritual kinks and if there's any pride or arrogance or haughtiness, ask God to give you an attitude of humility. Number two, the second attitude is found in verse 7, when verse 7 encourages us to cast all our anxiety on him because he cares for us. And casting here means to throw something on something. And it's like, and the picture there is actually like you're at home. I don't know, how many ladies here have throws that you throw on your couch? you, you buy, Like decorative throws. And, but those throws are really nice because on a cold day, you pick that throw up and you what? You wrap yourself up in it, right? It's really comfortable. It makes you relax. And I know when I put my throws on me, I fall asleep. It's beautiful. I love it. And so that's the picture. It's when you throw a blanket on someone for comfort and relaxation. And that's the picture that when we come into the presence of the Lord, he th- we throw on him all our cares, all our burdens, all our fears, all our worries, and what does he do? He throws on us his comfort, his grace. His peace. So it's like, if you know somebody's lying down and they're cold, you what? You go get your throat and you put it on them, right? And that's what God does with us. Not when we ask him to do it only. He'll do it even when you're unaware of it. He'll do that. He'll just come and cast his comfort on you, his peace on you, his joy on you. But he's saying here, no, 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 no. I want you to work with me. I want you to... uh, uh, kind of work together and I want you to be as honest as you possibly can be and I want you to be authentic with me and I want you to really tell me what's really bugging you. What what do you really need? What's really on your heart? What's really troubling you? Where, Where has the enemy been agitating your spirit? I want to help you with that. That's what he's saying in here. And, and he, then he says, not only that, cast your, he says, cares upon the Lord. And some translations, it's anxiety. And that word represents self-centered, counterproductive worry. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of counterproductive worry in my life. I hate it. Sometimes I don't even know what to do with it. And um, It's a distraction. It's a burden. It it weighs you down and it robs you of trust in the Lord. And so um, it's so important in Psalm uh, 55, verse 2, it says, Cast your cares on on the Lord and he will sustain you. He wants to keep you steady. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you direction. He wants to provide counsel. He wants his word to really uh, clarify and provide revelation for the situation that's stressing, worrying, fearing you, and, and, and really causing you not to trust in the Lord. He's saying, I, I want you to bring that to me. And he says, he will never let the righteous be shaken. I'm like, whoa, I've been shaken. I said that to the Lord this week when I was, Spirit. wait a second, wait a second. I've been shaken. He said, yeah, that's because you continue to worry and fear and be anxious. Oh, 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 really? (laughs) I had to watch for the pride to slip in, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like, oh, Really? And so this week, I really spent time waiting on the Lord, hours, just waiting on the Lord and saying, hey, you told me to be honest and authentic and tell you where I'm at, here it is. Friday night, we were all here, just in the house, seeking the Lord from 6 o'clock at night to 6 in the morning. It was a glorious time in the sense of God moving amongst his people, and there were hours where it was just still. People were resting in the spirit. The Lord just told me, He said, just get down there and wait. Don't don't say one word. Can I tell you it took a, to get all this what's up here? You know what I'm saying? All the busyness? <laughs> took, me, it took me about two hours to just decompress. Let the spirit begin to minister. Then bada bing, bada boom, things started to fall. I went, ah, oh, oh, ah, oh, whoa! <laughs> things just started to make sense. But not from a human perspective, but they made sense inside. It doesn't even mean I have the answers. It just meant I had the comp I had the confidence, a God confidence, to know He was taking care of it now. I don't know how. It's going to work itself out, but taking care of it now. Many people experience spiritual and emotional stress. And the Lord gave me a term Friday night. I had never called it this. I never thought of it. But when I was waiting on the Lord, he said, James, when you freak out in panic, when you worry unnecessarily, and when you're double-minded, you lack faith and you lack trust, what you do is cause emotional isolation for yourself. He, I never heard that before, that term. I don't even know if that's a medical term, but I went like, or, or, or a ther- you know, whatever. I just went like, wow. He said, "Yep." Yeah. you would blame your situation, but it actually is the way you have been responding to your situation, and then what you naturally do, and I understand this, He said as you pull yourself in emotionally and you isolate yourself and you push away those who actually can speak into your heart, can have a a word from the Lord for you, or can come alongside of you and help you with that area. And I'm like, I've done that so often. I've been burned. Really? And how many times have you done that and you haven't been burned? Right? Right? And so I really want to encourage you that when he's talking here and he's encouraging us to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us, he's saying, I don't want you to be an emotional, spiritual, relational, right? Mental isolation. For me, it was, he said, emotional isolation. But that works in all those other areas. And he's just encouraging us. And he's saying, cast your anxiety, your worry, your stress, your fear on me. And I want you to trust me to throw that blanket of my comfort, my revelation, my peace upon your stress today, your worry today. And I want to pray for those who might struggle with worry and fear and stress and maybe you have a situation right now you don't have to tell me what it is but you can slip up your hand right now I want to do business with God because he really helped me with this truth this week and he wants good he wants to cast right now just think of a throw on your couch he's taking that throw and he's just putting it on you right now Lord we thank you that you place upon us joy and peace and love through the Holy Ghost you through your word bring revelation that opens up our minds and our hearts and unblocks, unblocks those areas in our spirit that really are isolated because we're afraid, we're worried, and we're stressed. I pray for these people who put their hands up right now. God, would you come and remove, cast down that fear, that worry, that anxiety. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. we are being, we're being challenged this morning to get rid of our spiritual kinks worry fear and anxiety are some of the top spiritual kinks in people's lives i want to move forward with another attitude that will help remove a, a spiritual kink and that's sober mindedness and it's found in verse 8 it says be self-controlled that really means in many translations be sober minded and alert, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And our growth can be hindered or halted by three distinct enemies. I want to give you the three distinct enemies. You've heard them from the book of Revelation the, wor- the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. They are three distinct enemies that Satan chooses to use to actually get our hearts in an anxious, worried, fearful place so that we will stop surrendering and we will, in, through our own impulses, try to actually fulfill what we think we should fulfill. He's saying, no, 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 no. Be sober-minded. And the devil, uh, we're warned here that the devil does prowl. It means he's Always on the move. That's what that word means. He's looking. He's always on the move. We don't have to fear him because we have Christ within us. But you do have to be alert to him. And he roams like a a roaring lion. And outside, evil forces which come against Christians demand we stay alert. Matthew Henry believes that Satan's whole purpose is to tempt us, to devour us, and to destroy our souls. He says, don't mess with him. And if you are a Christian and you start dabbling in rebellion and witchcraft and pride and arrogance and stubbornness and you start doing your own gig, you have opened yourself up to the enemy. You can expect that the enemy will come crouching at your door. You can expect that the enemy will taunt you, tease you, test you, tempt you. He will will do what he can to tear you apart. He does not want you worshiping Jesus. He does not want you serving Jesus. He does not want you walking into the fullness of your salvation. He wants to rip your salvation away from you. He can't. He can't. But he wants you to believe that. But he can't. And he never will. You know, when a lion hunts, I I watched um, last week on video... Lions hunting and how they hunt. And they look for the weak. They, they look for the young. It's, it's the baby elephant. It's the baby hippopotamus. It's the baby this, the baby that. They go after the most vulnerable, the most immature. That's what they do. And they begin to isolate. And if the youngsters isolate it, they know they have prey unguarded animals and they are the ones who the lion marks for their attack and the devil's ultimate agenda is to destroy us he's listen we think he's only going to hurt us uh uh maybe maim us a little bit discourage us no, no no he wants to devour you he wants to take you out spiritually The devil accomplishes this when he gets us to bow to circumstances, pressures, temptations, or forces of his evil design, hoping what will yield to him. Deception is what, that's who he is. He's the father of lies. His number one ploy is to deceive you, to make decisions, to do what the word tells you not to do. That's what he wants to do. Because what's he? What, what can he do? He can get you unguarded, and isolate it, and set up the attack, and take you down. He wants you to bow to him. To overcome this strategy, I want to talk about it an, and to adapt to a reverse bow. There's a, there's actually a reverse bow. Take me to the next screen. It's simple. Believe, obey, and worship. We have to adapt with a new mindset in 2023. You're like, well, Pastor James, this is so simple. Can't you make it a little more educational? No. Because then you won't remember it and you won't do it. But you can remember to believe and to obey and to worship. I'm not bowing to Satan. I'm going to bow before Jesus. Amen. I'm going to reverse the bow and I'm going to bow no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your dilemma is today, no matter what battle you're fighting, no matter what decision in the past you made wrong, and there's actual consequences, you're walking out today from those decisions. Do not think for a moment that cannot be redeemed. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall say so. Right? He says you are redeemed. But he says what? Don't bow before your temptation. Don't bow before your pride. Don't bow before your rebellion. Don't bow before what the enemy is taunting you with. It may look wonderful in the moment. It will destroy your life. And he's saying, no, no, no. Believe, obey, worship. Bow before me, Jesus. Get on your knees, James. Why did he say that to me on Friday? Get on your knees and be quiet because I was practicing this. Why did it take me so long to hear his voice? Why was I wrestling so much? Because there's that inner thing that wants to control what God's supposed to do for me. I'm just being honest. And I had to, it wasn't until I went, oh, that's what, okay, I give that up. I don't want that. Boom. And then things start falling into place. You start bowing before Jesus. You start taking your situation, your circumstances, your decisions, your wrongs. You see, we think when we're wrong, we can make it right. Can I tell you this? Every time I try to make it right in my own wisdom, I've messed it up. He says, no, 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 you're going to make it right because there's some things you haven't been doing, practicing, trusting, humbling yourself, believing, obeying, worshiping, and I can give you a right spirit to take care of that situation. Sorry doesn't make it always work. God didn't say in Matthew, say sorry for your wrongs. He said, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Sober-mindedness. The next time the devil is prowling around your life, choose to be alert and choose to B-O-W. What's that B-O-W stand for? Tell me. Let's say it again. Yes. And when I'm not doing that, can somebody please remind me? James, bow before Jesus. Another attitude we find in verse 9 is vigilant defense. I'm going to do this quickly as we move forward. We are equipped to resist the devil and that word resist is really a very important word. Don't just read, read that resist. No, no, no. He's saying to us, you have to be vigorously opposed to the enemy. You have to be brave as you resist. You have to stand face to face against him. Don't back down. Don't let him intimidate you. Stand your ground and say, you back down in the name of Jesus because, now listen, not just with your words, but by your lifestyle. A lot of people can pray prayers, but then they go out and they don't live those prayers or they don't resemble those prayers. He said, wait, wait, wait. You want to resist the devil? Then allow your life to align with the word of the Lord. Uh, Let your lifestyle align with the word of the Lord. Let your Behavior and your thinking and your choices align themselves with the word of God. Not with your public opinion or your political stand. With the word of God. That's where, that's where you stand. You stand on that and you will push back the enemy. You stand on the word. You stand in the spirit of God. You won't make half the choices you make. It says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If they're in the heavenly realms, they're down here too. If they can botch things up, if Satan Satan thought he defeated Job, He went before the father and he asked permission to actually attack and test him. And the Lord knew his character so well, he said, you can go ahead, because that guy's going to serve me. That guy's going to believe in me. That guy's going to, he's going to walk out of this, or he'll be broken. But you're not going to steal his soul from me. And some of us, we've been beat up. Life has knocked a snot right out of us. But we have to be vigilant in our defense. And we have a spiritual responsibility to be self-controlled, to be alert, to be watchful, to be diligent, and to counteract the schemes of the enemy by ministering to others in an opposite spirit and minister in the word of the Lord and in the spirit of God. He's calling us to rise up and then the fifth attitude is found in verses 10 and 11 and that is appreciating grace and it says and the and the god of what all grace god has freely given us all that christian christ has accomplished in his death and resurrection i like what jack hayford says he says, grace is god's love and action on our behalf freely giving us his forgiveness, his acceptance, and his favor, and abiding with us as the operating power of heaven to meet every need of our lives. And if you have the notes today, I listed the manifold grace of God in four areas. I just want to go over these quickly. And the first one is he restores us to wholeness. The second one is he establishes us in spirit. That's what he does. The, the third one is, we are able to stand firm in God. And then the fourth one is, he brings the blessedness of his, what? Rest. Why do we rest? We're not apathetic. He's not looking for apathetic Christians here. You think, well, rest. I can, I'm like, oh, rest. I can go home and have a two-hour nap this afternoon. That's great. No, 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 no. Not that type of rest. He's saying here, I'm not looking for lazy, apathetic Christians. I'm looking for Christians who rest because they trust, because they believe, because they obey, because they worship my son, Jesus Christ. And when they do that, they know they're walking in the fullness of who I am, despite testing, trials, temptation, suffering. We, get, we focus on that so much. And he said, wait, why, why are you focusing on that? Because the whole world is going through this. Don't focus on your suffering. Move out of your suffering and into the glorious redemptive purposes and power of a Savior called Jesus Christ. God wants us to restore and build our spiritual stamina so that we can get all the spiritual kings out of our lives. Today, we're being reminded of how necessary it is for us to resist the devil and uh, bathe our minds with the word of God so that we can stand our ground face-to-face sometimes. I like James 4. It says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will, will, flee from you not might it's not based on how long we prayed. no 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 he's gonna do it he will do it he will set us free let's just uh, bow our heads in a word of prayer father we just thank you for this time in the word today time of worship time of prayer time of body ministry and we're looking to you lord to help us get the kinks out of our spiritual lives this year We ask that you would add these attitudes to our life. Humility and trust and sober-mindedness and vigilant defense and appreciating your grace. We ask today, Lord God, that you will teach us, as James reminds us, to submit ourselves to you. Whatever those areas are in our flesh, whatever they might be, that cause us to walk away from humility. We ask, Lord God, that you would help us to submit ourselves to you. We ask that you would just throw that comforter over us today, reminding us to cast our cares upon you. Lord, help us not to be so proud that we can't put on your word, your spirit to cover us from the attacks of the enemy. Your word tells us to put on the full armor of God. That's what it tells us to do we choose to do that today in Jesus' name. We look to you, Lord, to help us to get rid of the spiritual kinks in our lives, to live as overcomers, and to have victorious Christian lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have a time of ministry here at the altar, lots of prayer people up here to minister to your heart. And if you don't leave without receiving a blessing today, have a wonderful day. And remember this, we're dealing with all the spiritual kinks in life. Have a great week. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.